Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole. I wanted to talk to you today about an activity that's boring, time-consuming, and no fun. And oh, by the way, absolutely critical to growing your business. Let's cue the intro and get to it. You have a small B2B business. Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Hey, everyone. Hope you're having an awesome day. In the last episode, we talked about being resourceful when it comes to funding your business. You know, in this episode, I want to talk about a subject that I actually love. Why do I love it? Because in my opinion, and most marketing stats will agree with me, it's where the money is made in your business. Am I talking about bringing in more clients, getting more sales, spending less to acquire a client? Yes, all of the above in a roundabout way. What I want to talk to you about is follow-up. I know you're thinking, okay, Robert, that was quite a build-up for such a basic principle. Everyone in sales uh, or trying to grow their business knows that you should follow up with potential clients, so that seems like a no-brainer. I agree with you that it's basic and everyone should do it. However, the reality is uh, always a little bit different than theory. You know, we should eat better. We should exercise more. We should spend more time with our family or whatever. We all have plenty of shoulds and not a lot of musts in our life. And I've found in 25 years in sales and marketing, this is definitely a should for most salespeople and most entrepreneurs. I know because I'm guilty of this as much as anyone. Following up with prospects, whether you sell in person, over the phone, or online, is not an activity that most people like to do. You know, it's boring, it can be time-consuming, it's difficult to organize, easy to procrastinate, and, you know, oh, by the way, absolutely essential to the survival of your business. The power of follow-up is often learned by pain. Uh, when I was a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch in the late 90s, I built my business out of cold-calling residents within 20 miles of my office. Residential telemarketing was a little more effective back then, and it was re- actually recommended by Merrill Lynch and their training, as well as by my mentor at the time, uh, a guy named Eric Harding. Eric, if you're out there, uh, thank you. You taught me a lot of great principles I still use today. Anyway, uh, this was you know old school before people really used email on a daily basis. So most communication was via phone, mail, or in person. And I know I'm dating myself with that. Uh, some of you may not be able to relate. But I used to cold call people uh, to invite them to a seminar that I ran on estate planning. I actually got pretty good results at the time, and it was, you know, the old school equivalent of what we now know as webinars today. I remember calling an older gentleman in a very wealthy area of Scottsdale where our office was located. I made the initial call and then several follow-up calls over a period of months. I learned that he had about a $2 million portfolio at a competitor, which at that time would have been like bagging, a, you know, the elephant uh, uh, for me. I called him three or four times over a nine-month period, I think it was which is actually a lot more than some salespeople do. But on the last call, I found out that he had signed up with another Merrill Lynch broker who had literally called the week before I did. He admitted to me that this other guy had called him monthly over the past year, sent him handwritten notes several times, sent him articles on stocks, uh, things like that. I did none of that. I just called him and asked for his business. I mean, that's better than nothing, but weak follow-up gets beat by outstanding follow-up every day of the week. So what am I getting at here? Follow-up is where most of your sales and growth as a company will come from. Not right now, but if you're patient and committed, it'll happen over time. What I did wrong there was a series of things. First, I didn't have the right interval of contact with the prospect. In this case, I should have been calling this guy at least monthly. 
Why didn't I? You know, laziness and procrastination, if I'm being honest. I remember sitting at my desk and literally clicking the snooze button on the uh, ACT lead management system I was using uh, so I could uh, put off the follow-up call until next month. You know, in the uh, original Wall Street movie, the character of Bud Fox calls Gordon Gecko's office every day for, I don't know, three months or whatever it was. It was, you know, quite some time. And it's because, you know, we have to keep in mind that our clients want us to pursue them and uh, make them feel wanted. It's just this, it's the same thing as dating. The second reason uh, that I screwed this up was that the follow-up was all about me and what I wanted without providing any value to the prospect. The other broker who got the client spent time providing valuable information for the client, creating a sense of reciprocity where the prospect felt like he owed the broker something, at least enough to listen to him uh, where I really provided nothing. And it was all about me. You know, another way I was beat out was because of the personalization the other broker added. He sent mailed notes thanking and checking in with the prospect several times. This kind of personal touch is critical in any kind of follow-up. If a prospect thinks they're just on a mailing list, even if you put a salutation with it, auto-fills their name on an email, it basically makes you the same as everyone else trying to solicit their business. You know, so while it's great to send personalized notes to the mail, it can be just as effective to write personalized emails. And, you know, I don't mean a colorful HTML email that's full of graphics and, you know, designed by somebody that, you know, says it's the greatest email ever, you know, and usability studies and whatever. What I'm talking about is a text-based email that appears like you sat down and wrote it yourself. The prospect may realize eventually that it's an automated email, you know, depending on what they know about you. But we found over the years that psychologically, they still respond better to a text-based email than they do something full of graphics that looks like just another advertisement. You know, the one area that I did do right in this scenario was uh, personalized contact via the phone with the prospect every now and then. You know, if all you do is email somebody for follow-up, you're not going to stand out. You know, only with phone calls or in-person visits will you make the impact you need in order to get their business, and particularly in B2B and on higher ticket items. It's, again, not the same thing as uh, selling $27 widgets. For example, uh, my insurance agent, who happens to be the owner of his agency, and I, I don't really deal with him directly, but uh, I deal with one of his agents, uh, he calls me personally on my birthday every year and has without fail for 15 years. My mother forgets to call on my birthday, which at my age is okay, as not to be reminded. But, you know, because of that uh, personal reach, I'm very loyal to him. So I put all my insurance policies through him and I wouldn't even question going anywhere else. And it's just because of that relationship. And I know that he actually cares. So, you know, follow up is just as important for your existing customers and clients as new prospects. You know, to summarize in my mind, there's really four components to effective follow up. Timeliness and consistency of contact providing value when you follow up, personalization of contact, and some kind of physical connection on the phone or in person. You know, if your team implement this in your business, both for new prospects as well as your existing clients, you'll reap the rewards of not only new sales, but keep the ones you already have, particularly if you have a product that is subscription-based or some kind of recurring contract. If you fail to do this consistently, you're holding your business back from the growth it's capable of and most likely, uh, you're going to lose a lot of existing uh, customers and clients more than you have to. After all, it's a lot easier to keep an existing client than to get a new one. I hope you got uh, some kind of value out of these ideas today. It's made a huge difference in our business and that of our clients. In the next episode, we're going to talk about some of the specifics on how you can implement follow-up plans and automation to minimize the hassle and maximize your results. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon and have an awesome day. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable and it's an honor to serve you. 
Please subscribe and rate this show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. I also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.